Equipping the saints with sound biblical instruction. This is K-Wave 107.9. Good afternoon and welcome once again to Pastor's Perspective, sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. Great to be with you. My name is Phil Ross. I'm sitting in for Brian Perez today. So glad to be with you here on this Friday, February 23rd edition. And uh, this afternoon, uh, answering your questions until 4 o'clock Pacific time, we are pleased to have in the studio today, Brian Broderson, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And he's brought a friend along today, a guy that I got to say just doesn't have enough to do in life. I think that we really need to keep this guy (laughs) occupied. Um, Ed Stetzer, uh, he's an American, he's an author, a pastor, and Christian missiologist. He is Dean and Professor of Leadership and Christian Ministry at Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. Biola University still open, still working, still cranking out top it's, quality it's stand-up theologians. It's doing great, having some record years right now. So yeah, it's doing great. Awesome. And also, because oh, uh, we just love to blow your horn. And so if I hope that's okay. You're also uh, the... Um, Visiting scholar at Wycliffe Hall at this little junior community college in Britain, um, Oxford University as well. Um, Ed, you're a pretty sharp guy. Don't think you could. Don't you think you could aim a little higher than? Uh... Well, I try to. I try to. You know, <laughs> hang around people like you guys, and that helps me to achieve. You know, more things. And we went to Oxford together. We were at that very Wycliffe Hall together. We were, and we had a fantastic time. We did. And I hope to revisit that. Yeah, you know, I got to respond to uh, Sarah Yardley's email about, yes. about going back to the UK literally today. Yes, because her and I were talking, and we said, I said, what's that, Ed maybe going to come? And, <laughs> and she said, oh, I forgot she about said, Ed. said, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, you know, he never answers his yeah, emails. I do answer I my said, emails, smart oh, Alex. I told her <laughs> that I needed to check on a few things, but I love the fact that you guys help partner in Creation Fest, which is yes. the largest outside like christian gathering in europe right it's no, no, no 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 it's huge i mean it is it i mean is, how do you get that i mean thousands of people will not be the largest well you know pre-covid we were up we had about eleven thousand. but no some of those some of those festivals they really you know pack you know they were like up. for me my spiritual yeah. life was really impacted by jesus orlando back yeah. in the day calvary assembly of god mm-hmm. you know there's jesus festivals yeah you know? i mean it was kind of like coming out of the jesus people movement same with the same musicians and i told you that, you know, I mean, I went, I went every year with my girlfriend, now wife. Yep. It's very, and I told you, I, I've never spoken to one. And so you yeah. arranged it. And now I got to see if I can do it. Yes, you've got to do it. And then remember, you and I were talking about a, a end of May that you were going to maybe come up to York and you were going to speak at the conference up there because you're going somewhere from Oxford. You're going to I Europe. I am to Poland. I'm going to, to the Poland, European right. Leaders Forum. So I, I forgot that. So yes. after the show, we need to see where that fits on <laughs> That's what schedule. I said to Sarah. I said, I'll be with Ed today, so yeah. we'll get it. Because I'm also going to try to, you know, we have an extension at the Talbot School of Theology in Kiev. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're training seminary mm-hmm. students in Kiev wow. still. Yeah. And I may or may not be yeah. doing something in that place that I can't mention mm-hmm. uh, because I don't want to freak out the insurance people at Biola <laughs> yeah. University. Yeah. But we might do something there because we, you know, the kingdom of God in the time of war is a great topic to do right from Kiev. Boy, absolutely. I just got an update from one of the um, one of the chaplains for the Ukrainian military who is kind of a our we support right. her. Right. And she gave an update yesterday that really was kind of discouraging. It's not going great. She said the morale is tremendously low among the troops. You know, she's she's given us four or five updates over the past couple of years. So, you know, tomorrow is the two-year anniversary right. 
of the right. beginning of the war. And you've had Metzger, Phil Metzger, on the program. Oh, Phil's on every Thursday, yeah. He's on every – I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. every Thursday. And so you guys – he's been very involved there yeah. in Ukraine and more. Phil's so. been very involved. Yeah, so we, we've had – you know, we've had 25 Calvary Chapel churches in in Ukraine. Wow. So. Well, the time I went to – where did I go? Bucharest. And Budapest. Then, you went to Budapest. Budapest. That's yeah. Budapest. Mm-hmm. And then we went up to that training center, the, the Bible college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what a great group of students. Yeah. And Phil was at that time pastoring was, uh, in yeah. Budapest. He was, yeah. And, but, uh, and I forget, it was like a castle like that. You have a lot mm-hmm. of castles in yeah. Calvary Chapel world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they had a map on the wall yeah. of all the Calvary chapels in Eastern Europe. And I got to tell you, Brian Broderson, Phil, I was just like really, mm-hmm. I mean, I was impressed just what the Lord has done yeah. uh, throughout Europe. Uh, I mean, and just think of, you know, here we are, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. But to see like a map filled with Calvary chapels in Europe, and of course I preach in Rome for your friend there, and yeah. so it was fun. Yep, yep, it was great. And I just want to invite everybody, just real quick, just want to get this in here, to if you want to call in and ask your questions of Pastor Brian and Ed, please call us at 888-564-6173 on Pastor's Perspective. Get involved in the conversation. Again, the number to call, it's on the bottom of your, of your screen if you're watching the live stream on YouTube and Facebook. The number is 888-564-6173. And... Uh, Ed and Brian, coming up very soon, there's going to be a, a conference where you don't have to travel right. to a dangerous war zone. Uh, it's the uh, the CGN International Conference coming up. Yeah. What mm-hmm. what can we uh, be looking forward to that? If you, it's it's more than just. Um, Helping the pastor to schedule the tuner for the pipe organ and scheduling the next. Uh, Phil just drops it, the tuner for the pipe organ. I love that. I should invite him to Moody Church. We actually, when I was interim there, we actually had to tune the pipe organ. So that's a true thing. Well, we we did you, Phil? Were you ever around when we had the big pipes up on the wall? At, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so yeah. we had our own version of the of the pipe organ. Did you? Was it, did it actually work? Well, the pipes were they were electronic. They looked. Cool. They looked Authentic. But I'm going to tell you a little secret about this. And then we're going to talk about this. So if you look at a picture of Moody Church, which, you know, I, I was the interim pastor there for four years. And very across the front, those who are watching on Facebook can, can see me hold this up for the fellows here. Across the front of those giant pipes from the yeah. pipe organ, yeah. those are all fake. Yeah. Yeah. So and most, no, no. So there's a most kind of elaborate, ornate pipe organs have a fake facade mm-hmm. because, and then behind it is the actual pipe organ. So there's a very mm-hmm. big, you know, very expensive pipe organ yeah. at Moody Church, Chicago. I bet some of our listeners probably have visited Moody Church at some point, but the facade is fake and the pipe organs in the back. So there you go. So mm-hmm. I, there might be a parable in there. Yeah, but we had a similar thing. Not yeah. that we didn't have as many pipes, but yeah. we did have <laughs> some pipes on the... Well, Moody and, Church you know, people, built people years come, the people would come for their first visit to Calvary Chapel, and they're coming to the hippie church. That's what yeah. they have in yeah. their mind. And they mm-hmm. walk in, and they're like, wait, what, what's going on here? What are, what are those things? What are those pipes up on yeah. the wall? I are they still there now? No. Yeah. no. Okay, okay. Because okay. that's right. You've, um, I came back when I was a brand-new professor. I said to my mission agency that hired me as a professor, I want to go to four churches to kind of see what they're doing that's changing the world. And one of them was Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. And yeah. that was— 35 years ago. Yeah. And I came on a uh, midweek at that point mm-hmm. and and it was it was fascinating. So now I've been here and of course it's all it's all updated. There's no pipes, there's no pews. There were pews back then, right? <laughs> there were pews. Yeah, like they're actual pews. <laughs> yeah. And, and they were they were comfortable pews, yeah. Well, yeah. not there anymore they're though. Now they're comfy seats. No, yeah, they're seats. Okay. Yeah. So 
June 23rd yeah. through 26th, we are having our international CGN conference. This is a conference for people in ministry, um, you know, specifically for pastors and, and those in that kind of leadership. But we open up the doors to youth pastors and children's ministry people and all that. And this year, we, as we're kind of planning things, you know, we're looking at the uh, the first epistle of Peter, and it just seemed like a, a really appropriate text for the time that we're living in. And so the theme is um, suffering, hope, and glory, or hope, suffering, and glory. So Peter kind of covers all of those themes. We're going to go through the book. Ed, you're going to come. And I am going to be there. And I'm going to come from, uh, preach from First Peter 4.10, Four. yes. which says, as each one has received a special gift, yeah. use it to serve one another yeah. as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I'm going to focus on, because that whole section's end time ethics. Yes, right, exactly. And of course, when we say end times, people yeah. think different things, but we're talking about from Jesus' resurrection forward, end time yeah. ethics. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk specifically about how do we engage, because remember, we're pastors and church leaders as our audience. It's the, yep. Calvary, it's the Calvary Global Network, for those who yeah. don't know who C, what CGN is. And I'm going to talk about how pastors and church leaders engage all of God's people in God's mission. Remember, each one has yep. received a special gift, not just the pastors. Yeah. So that equipping ministry. Yeah. So it's going to be fantastic. We've got a great lineup of teachers. Our good friend, um, James Meeks, is going to be with us, Ed. The amazing James Meeks, the, the Bishop James. of Chicago. Yeah. And James is going to speak on... I really wanted James to do uh, the passage there in chapter five at the beginning, where Peter addresses the shepherds of the church. Yeah, you know, it's a I, great as passage. a fellow, as right, a fellow, fellow elder, exhort you, elder. Yeah, and James, he just finished so well. Yeah, his church. Yeah, after forty plus years yeah. of planting and pastoring, so that's going to be great. Uh, Dan Kimball was on the radio with us yesterday. I, think I you saw you on your Instagram. Yeah, Dan, the amazing. Is his hair still as amazing yeah. as ever? Yeah, as ever. Yeah. yeah, he's great. And Dan's going to be with us, and then a number of uh, Calvary Chapel pastors, leaders. I see John got, Dixon's coming back. John Dixon, John yes, Dixon. I forgot about Australian friend, John, John Dixon, because yes. we were we had him at Wheaton together. The I hired him. And you, didn't you take him as a as a no, professor? No, no, I was. Too I late. Was you finished all, all your. I was finished. Yeah, but yeah. um, but yeah, through you, um, I kind of knew John. You earlier, knew John from but, the Undeceptions podcast. Yes, yeah, that's great. And uh, and John is fantastic, and he's yeah. written such a great book. He's on got an Australian history. accent, which makes him sound smarter just when he talks about anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are Those we all like assigned? Like James, you mentioned, is doing yeah, uh, yeah. the flock. We're, we're all assigned a text. Yeah, we're all okay. everybody's assigned a text. Okay, yeah. and and John's going to do. He's going to do the passage on suffering, you know, oh, we're in the early church, great. kind of looking at the early church context cool. of that. So I love it. You know, I, it's unusual for conferences nowadays is kind of yeah. a bit of a professional conference speaker, a motivational speaker living in a van down by the river as I am. <laughs> it's unusual for conferences to set passages yeah. and to do that. So I love that. But that's, you know, Calvary Chapel, you yeah. know, expositional but, preaching. And, you know, we do, we, we, we generally always I mean, we always have a theme and right. we always sort of assign maybe like last year we did um, the great text from Luke chapter four, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we just walked through that text, right. um, you know, where Jesus is quoting from Isaiah. Um, but it's been a while since we actually did a journey through a book of the Bible. Right. So this year we thought, yeah, we need to get back and just go through a book of the Bible. First Peter seems to be great. So anyway, it's going to be a fantastic time and just giving you guys uh, a little bit of a heads up. So where do they go to sign up? And, and, and oh, send I've it got it, that. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill's, Bill's ready to fill in his amazing uh, radio at the voice. bit Come right on, here. Just I'm to... sorry. We talk too much. <laughs> Brian and I hang out too much in like overseas. No, this, this is yeah. great. No, I, don't, I hate to interrupt, but uh, yeah, come join us for the... Uh, 
CGN International Conference. Again, that's June 23rd through the 26th. And to find out all the information online, go to conference.calvarychapel.com. That's conference.calvarychapel.com. Yeah, great. So, Ed, you just came from, uh, you said you came from a something talking about evangelism. Yeah, yeah. So we had a um, Orange County. So we had a gathering at um uh you know the folks at Trellis is kind of an yep. Orange County uh and they facilitate, you know, partnerships and ministry. Yeah. And so Ian Stevenson, he he asked me if I'd host a gathering. And for me, you know, cuz I'm new, you know, I've yeah. only been here a few months. I mean, so basically it was a gathering. You know, you've probably you've heard of and and, and Phil's heard of the Luis Palau Association. Sure. So, uh, you know, they continue to do great work and they're helping form e-teams, uh, evangelism teams. I just came from Phoenix. We did something in Las Vegas. And they're trying to get together people particularly interested in evangelism mm-hmm. to talk about how to, you know, collaborate together. Mm-hmm. So we had a – we hosted it by Ole University. And um, and so I just, just came from there. I had to leave early. I had to – uh, close in prayer, and then uh, get a little exhortation. Because I mean, I think that you know, you know, I mean, we can go. If you think back, you know, here we are. I mean, I, I refer too much to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, but but I'm kind of like just historically obsessed with what the Lord did mm-hmm. here, and you know, the conversion ratio. The yeah. I mean, Donald Miller, not the one who wrote Blue Leg Jazz, but the scholar at USC. He he called Calvary Chapel and, and Vineyard and, and Hope Chapel movement reinventing American Protestantism. Mm-hmm. And part of that was a real passion for evangelism. Yeah. And I think that's waned. Like, I, mean, I don't think that wanes. I can show you statistically mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. evangelism is not on the mind of the average Christian anymore. Yeah. But you remember back in the early Calvary yeah. Chapel days just mm-hmm. how much it was on the mind of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone needed yeah. Jesus one way. Yeah. And so— you know, we're trying to facilitate how do we increase yeah. that, because I think evangelism's fallen on hard times. You know, you know the interesting thing about that, because I lived through that. You sure you did. And it, it wasn't, it, it was just an extraordinary move of the Spirit mm-hmm. where, um, you know, nobody told you, okay, now that you're saved, go evangelize. Right. I don't even think we knew the word evangelize. Right. You just were talking about Jesus to well, anybody. Was one way. And, and everybody yeah. you met. Yeah. Well, I remember talking to Cheryl, uh, your, of course, your wife, and she was just talking about how it, just, it was grace and everyone told people more about grace and what Jesus yeah. did. But, but and I, I think that, so when I think we hear evangelism, we may think, let's go to this class yeah. or, you know, the guy, the, the guy who uh, does the uh, Greg Laurie, what do they call it, the Harvest? Harvest. Harvest. Yeah. Harvest. 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 Um, and you know, so it's all the, all these different leaders, yeah. like the crew people were there and the navigators people were there. It was a great meeting, a uh, child yeah. evangelism fellowship. I don't want to leave people out apartment life. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that now we have to plan it because people have often forgotten it. Mm-hmm. And I think we still, I mean, I'm, I'm for, you know, we need to do more, yeah. Yeah. you know, invited people to, to large group meetings. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, I mean, the reality is, is that you, and it wasn't just in the Jesus people movement in the fifties yeah. before that people just Christians just thought it was their job to tell other people about Jesus. Yep. And today they might think it's their job to invite a friend to church, mm-hmm. but we actually, I mean, I got some stats that show that about, you know, the, the most, the most common answer to how, how often do you tell people about Jesus mm-hmm. per year? The most common answer is zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's, it's more than 50% of people say, I just don't ever. And then if you ask him, well, what if you just invite people to church? The most mm-hmm. common answer is still zero. And it's about 40% never invite anybody to church. Anyway, they get to one, you get it to about 60%. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we want, and I know you want, we've talked about this. Uh, we want our listeners, uh, men and women who love the Lord to tell people about Jesus. It's part of, you know, what we're doing our passion at uh, at Talbot. We want yeah. students at Biola and Talbot 
one of the reasons all our undergrads take 30 hours of Bible is they take a course in evangelism, too. We want them to come out in the sciences or in the cinema world and tell people about Jesus. Yeah. I know you do, too. Yeah, and I think, you know, back in going back to those days, um, there was— um, the atmosphere was different in a lot of ways, and, and there was an openness among people that you haven't seen that in the past few decades, you know, where people people wanted to engage. But I do think, on a positive note, I kind of feel like those days are coming around again. I think that the, you know, whenever the world kind of starts uh, tilting in the wrong direction, uh, people start thinking about things that they're not normally thinking about. So, I mean, you know, I, the Jesus People movement, what uh, sometimes people forget is it came in the midst of radical social right. disruption. Right. So mm. the, the culture was going kind of crazy at the yeah. time. And I don't and, know if you remember, but we had, uh, when you were doing your master's, we had David Brooks in class. Yes. Yeah. And we talked about his article on America's going through a moral convulsion. Yeah. And one of the things that, and I kind of took that and said, it's, I don't think it's just America, it's the globe, and it's yeah. not moral, it's cultural. Mm-hmm. But every 60 years, he wrote in that article in yeah. Atlantic, America goes through, and I would say the world goes through, a cultural convulsion. And the last cultural convulsion we had was in the 60s. And we got the Jesus people movement out of it. Yeah. And the cultural convulsion we had before that, just based on his timeline, he didn't he didn't map them over religious things mm-hmm. we talked about in class. The time before that was actually about late 1800s, early 1900s. We got the Welsh Revival and the Pentecostal movement, yeah. both, by the way, imp- deeply impactful in Southern California. So historically, cultural convulsions are accompanied by te- spiritual temperature increases. Yeah. And I think we're seeing some, I think we have some evidence that we're yeah. seeing some of that already. I'd like yeah. to see more, but yeah. it's going to take all the listeners mm-hmm. right now uh, across all the different places people are listening and say, you know, how do I show and share the love of Jesus? How do I personally don't, you know, Christians love evangelism as long as somebody else is doing it. We got to love evangelism <laughs> ourselves and do it as well. And, you know, there mm-hmm. there is something to just being able to, um, I, I think, so much of the hang-up with evangelism, so much of the the fear is like, gosh, where do I start? What do I say? How do I uh, – this is going to sound so stupid sure. or whatever. And I think if we just start by having uh, conversations with people – and I know, you know, when I engage in, in evangelistic efforts, I'm always, I'm always looking for – a way in to this conversation. You know, I'm dropping hints about like, um, hey, I'm a pastor. Yeah, (laughs) well, that's not... I teach the Bible. That's not a big hint, a small (laughs) hint there, bro. That's like laying it all out. Or, you know, I mean, I'm kind of exaggerating, but you know what I mean? You're always But you want to say listeners who are not pastors, you can drop small hints You can drop hints, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, because people inevitably will ask you something, but but here's my point. My point is we need to just engage with people in in a general sense, and through the engagement, look for the opportunity. And I think that a big part of it is honestly praying as yeah, well. That's good. Lord, mm-hmm. you have people out there that you're already working in them. Yep. And they actually need somebody to connect some dots. So connect me to them so I can help them connect some it's dots. It's so good. You're listening to Pastor's Perspective. Brian Broderson and Ed Stetzer are in the studio to answer your questions. The number to call is 888-564-6173. Call us right now and get involved in the conversation. And on this theme of evangelism, uh, we have a Facebook question from a gal who writes in. um, And her approach is um, she wants to uh, find a book 
to give to her brother. Sure, this is her story. She writes in and says, I want to get a book for my brother, who is a prodigal and a huge book nerd, but I'm not sure what would be best for someone like him. Our mom and stepdad raised us as best they could as Christians. However, uh, she, the Kimberly, who writes in, and her two brothers struggled with childhood sexual abuse and trauma at the hands of their babysitter, and um, she had issues with her boyfriend. We also uh, she said, we didn't have our biological fathers, so I believe these parts of our lives explain our teenage rebellion, my teen pregnancy, and alcohol and drug abuse in adult years. Um, she also goes on to say, I, by the grace of God, was saved three years ago at the age of 25. Now my heart hurts for my brothers. I want them to have what I have. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. important. It's, it's a great language. Yeah. I want them to have what I have, forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ and a true relationship with our Heavenly Father. My one brother is a lone wolf and doesn't talk to us anymore, but I'm really close to this younger brother I first mentioned. I feel like a book with the gospel as a gift would help his mind and heart open up a little bit more since his birthday is coming up. I've sown the gospel to him for over a year now. What do you guys think? What would you recommend to Kimberly? Wow, that's great. Um, what a great opportunity. Yeah, there's so, so many great materials um, that are available today. I think sometimes uh, just a good story, a testimonial type of a story can be so powerful. You know, somebody reads about somebody else's story and it they, they resonate with it. Um, there's, of course, books that are more of an apologetic nature if somebody's got questions and wonders about the validity of the Christian faith or, you know, well, how can I believe that the Bible is God's word. So there's there's lots of things out there. I saw the other day had somebody on um, the Bill Maher show was uh, one of his guests. You yeah, know, comedian. Some, yeah, comedian. I think they have it on the Facebook page at yeah, uh, K-Wave. I saw that. Yeah. And, and anyway, um, he was recommending The Case for Christ yeah. because he'd read The Case for Christ and he— Far friend Lee Strobel. Was, kind of book, uh, right? Yeah, he was really touched by that. Um what what do you think? Do you, do you got a, a book that you'd say? You know, I think partly because you know you don't have all the context from a Facebook question. Yeah. So you know, would that person read a Christian book? Yeah. You know, I would love for them to read The Case for Christ. Would be yeah. great. I'd love for them to read uh, Tim Keller. Reason for God would yes. be amazing. Oh yeah. Reason for so God. just yeah, yesterday, yeah. Um, I was teaching. At, no, Wednesday. I was teaching at uh, at Mariners that Wednesday night service, and um, someone came up afterwards and had a son who's not sure has questions and. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she recommend there was a book that was recommended that I don't think was particularly helpful. Sometimes sometimes books that are that kind of say they're for non-Christians are really to make Christians feel better about being Christians and not really for non-Christians. So and this book was clearly that um, I tell you the book, but we don't want to say yeah. unhappy things about people. So I just said, no, 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 don't read that book. I yeah. said, you know, what you want to read is you want to read Reason for God yeah. or the question was a question skeptic ask. Uh, Tim Keller recently went on to be with the Lord. But I, but I think something like that is really uh, super helpful, and I, I would lean in on that. And also, too, since we're talking about books, I would encourage an accompanying book for her. You know, yeah. she, I think I think she, who's a, she, she right? Who right, was, Kimberly. Yes, Kimberly. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Um, Kyle Eidelman's book, "Praying for Your Prodigal," is kind of a cool book. Mm-hmm. And so I think we mentioned prayer and evangelism earlier. For you to be praying for your yeah. brother, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then I would say, you know, I would, any yeah. of those books. Here, here's a great book. I just thought of Confronting Christianity. Yeah, sure. Uh, Rebecca, Rebecca McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yeah. yeah, fantastic book. Yeah, it's great. But again, you know, you, you, you kind of, 
again, like Ed's saying, I mean, we're, we're getting a question over uh, Facebook here. It, it's a little bit hard to know um, sometimes well, what is the person interested right. in? Would they read know? a Christian yeah. book? Yeah. And if the answer is those are those are the ones we'd recommend. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca's book is great because yeah. it, confronting Christianity, she takes all of the questions that are currently being asked about Christianity and oftentimes asked with a negative tone. Right. Um, and she addresses them, and she does a superb job. I just read a little tiny book by her, little, like 60 pages, on Easter, um, the the resurrection. It's I'm not sure 60 pages is a book. You've written a book. I've written a book. I'm not sure 60 pages No, it's is a, a book. booklet. I'm just saying, okay, good. I'm just saying because yeah. as someone who's written a book, it's a lot of work. Yeah, so yeah, 60 yeah. pages is not enough. No, no, I, I agree. <laughs> but, but this was a really great, great. little read. Yeah, yeah so uh, you know what? I would say uh, th- I, that's what I would recommend. Um Rebecca, but um, gosh, I I had the book in the studio and I took it home. Well, I, I'm on the I'm on the page right now. The, the oh, title good. of the book, by the way, is "Confronting Christianity: Twelve Hard Questions for the World's yeah. Largest." And that's religion. and that's a book. There you go. But the booklet. Yeah. I know. I'm looking to see the booklet. Tame. Uh, I can't. And I'm not seeing it at the moment on her author page. Yeah. So I, I guess I have failed. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So we're all looking right now. You should see. You should be in the studio right now. We're all like searching okay. for the name of this. So book. So before <laughs> this program is over, we will know. The we will name, know. We will know. We will, we will tell look, you. We will mention it. Yeah. And that and that might be a good short read too. So. Yeah, it um, is. It's a short read, and it's excellent. Yeah, I don't see um, it. I don't know what you're. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. I believe that you actually saw a 60 page booklet from because it's not online. <laughs> well, I just it, I does just it exist did, if it's not online? I, I just know. did a promotional thing for it last week I because guess you did. we're going to present it as a gift to our listeners. So the obvious question is: Is it out yet? Yes, it's out. Yes, okay, it's all out. right, all right. Well, it's a great thing that all of our pastors' is perspective Easter are. believable. It's Easter believable. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. Oh, there you go. Okay. Very good. Okay. You well, found it. All right. We archive the all, every single pastor's perspective program, and so look for it according today's, to today's date uh, when you go on our YouTube channel to find out what's the great list of uh, books to share Christ. That's cool. And so, so and it's uh, Easter believable. It's fantastic, and she's got some really great. Um, illustrations where she uses like the James, the last James Bond movie. She uses some Very of uh, Harry Potter and, you know, just the way she kind of uh, weaves the, the, those stories into the gospel story. It's really excellent. Awesome. Where Christ shows up and says, I'm Christ, Jesus Christ. Wow. Shaken, not stirred. I got the reference. I got the reference. I'm not sure like anybody under 40 yeah. didn't get that reference, Sorry about but that. we're all having a good time right here. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us today here on Pastor's Perspective. Let's go to the phones and uh, and uh, check in with uh, Ellie, who's calling in from San Juan Capistrano. She called us at 888-564-6173, just like we invite you to do right now. Give us a call, 888-564-6173. A few lines are open. And uh, Ellie, Thank you for your patience, and welcome to Pastor's Perspective. How can we help you today? Yes, you can help me. I've been living with a nice, godly man for the last five months, and we've been getting along so great. And it's getting harder to keep away from intimacy upon my behalf. And um, I was just wondering what scriptures you can give to us all who are in that maybe position because we are with our uh, boyfriends and I myself and him are doing biblically. Thank God, because I hear through uh pastor's perspective and, and uh, family, you know, that show you uh, tell on the air has helped me so much, mm. so much 
Pastor, I want you to know. Oh, that's great. And I've been doing things biblically way because I've been listening to K-Wave over 40 years. Mm, all right. So I just want to uh, ask you, what should I do now? Yeah. So, Ellie, what's, is it also a fact that your, your husband passed away recently and yes, this yes, is a friend yes. of the family? Yeah, uh, uh, he's the best friend of my, uh, okay. uh, the man I'm with now. Okay, yeah. I met you in ch- at church. i gone to Calvary Chapel, and I just love it. Yeah, good. And I just want to do the right thing yeah. because I love uh, this godly man. And yeah. I just want to uh, stay true to him until mm-hmm. we get married one day. Yeah. And I want to continue to be biblical. Yeah. I need scriptures. Yeah. Well, and I want to help other people say, listen, people, do not give in sex before marriage. Yeah. Please hear me. Yeah. Because it's so special afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, the fact that you you guys are living in the same house, there's going to be some temptation um, that is in that environment that's not going to be necessarily there if you're not in that case. So that's where you guys are at. Um, I mean, you know, you ought to just go get a marriage license and get married. <laughs> I just love I the mean, clarity of your answer. You must, I mean, I know you've talked to this person before, but I'm like, well, let's get more information. <laughs> well, marriage, listen, just so you know, Brian, marriage is a big commitment. Well, Ed, I've been 44 years. I just checked. I just didn't so know if you knew. I, I just want to make sure you knew. I've kind of known. She did ask that. for Bible verses, and of course, the the one that immediately came to mind was First uh, yeah. Corinthians seven nine. Yeah, better to marry than to burn. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, so. I think based on Ellie's kind of background and yeah. experience and stuff, and you know, you've it, it sounds like you guys are, are committed to one another. Um, so you need to just move forward with um, you know just. If, if you feel like this is what God has for the rest of your lives, and I mean, it sounds like you, you're a little bit older, um, then you just need to take care of it. And don't put yourself in a, in a temptation situation. Just, just get it taken care of. So we'll finish up with that after the break. All right. And yes, the music is on. Uh, you're listening to Pastor's Perspective, sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Brian Broderson, Ed Stetzer are answering your questions. I'm Phil Ross in for Brian Perez. Keep it right here. We'll be back in just a moment for more of your questions here on Pastor's Perspective. We are back on Pastor's Perspective, Friday, February 23rd. I'm Phil Ross, in for Brian Perez, and answering your questions today, we have Brian Broderson, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, and Ed Stetzer, uh, Dean and Professor of Leadership and Christian Ministry at Talbot Theological Seminary at Biola University, and... um, If you would like to get in on this conversation, it's a lot of fun. Give us a call at 888-564-6173. If you have a question uh, about Jesus, the Christian faith, maybe something going on in our culture right now, maybe a personal family issue you've got a question about, please call us right now, 888-564-6173. And before the break, we were speaking with Ellie, Mm -hmm. and uh, she's in a rather unique situation. 
Ed had a and Ed word. Wanted to I just her. had a disclaimer. Yeah, that this advice is someone that you have had some relationship with, <laughs> and this is not the advice for every person oh, no, no. in that situation. You didn't say no. that. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, as someone like a professor, I always feel the need to have a couple of caveats after an answer to say that you know you you've obviously interacted with this person before, and because uh, there's a lot of people who what they need to do is to get out of an unhealthy relationship, yeah. an unhealthy situation. There's a thousand variants of that as well. Exactly. So. Yes, and I was speaking specifically to Ellie and yes. her situation. And everybody and, knew that, but I just felt it necessary yeah, to say that. Yeah, that's okay, because that's what you do. That's I what mean, I do. You, but we're friends. <laughs> we're friends. We've walked the streets of Jerusalem together. <laughs> we, and other streets as well. And yes. other streets, yes. yes. Chicago, Chicago, New York. New York. Where else we go? Oh, we you, you mentioned cities that have decent pizza. That's true. That's true. When we were on their break, we were talking about uh, pizza, good pizza. And I've lived in New York. I grew up in New York, and I live in Chicago. And though Chicago pizza is more like, I don't even know how to describe it, it's just like cheese pie you know it's like <laughs> i'm not a big fan no it's not, i'm not i like but new york pizza yeah like so i don't know you yeah. la pizza well we we walked the streets of rome I we mean, did walk on. the streets well, of rome we together pizza you wouldn't believe the place we've been they don't even put sauce on their pizzas in rome do they they don't need to because it's so awesome it's so awesome yeah we've been around we've been around the world together that's yeah. kind of crazy we walked the streets of oxford we walk streets of Oxford. That's right. <laughs> Feels like we've been like just traveling the world for yeah. no reason, just yeah. for clarity. What are we doing? We yeah. were studying. <laughs> you were doing a master's degree, and yeah. And anyway, I'm not even at school anymore. Just to plug it every once in a while, I'm at the Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. Well, we're going to start a new radio show called Travels with Brian and Ed, and I think that's that'll nice. be a lot of fun. And, the uh, Biola uh, Hour. Yeah, we could do it. I mean, Ed, you know, I travel a lot. Ed, I think he travels more than I do. I'm cutting back he's, though. He's always like. Somewhere. Do you know why, though? Because you travel less than me. You can't get anywhere from California. Like, I just was asked to do a, <laughs> this. Right? Well, there's this big pastor's conference we're going to do in Atlanta, and I was really interested in it. But to speak with them when I speak, i got to fly in a whole day beforehand. Yep. And then i got to speak that day. And I can't get out that day. i got to fly the next. So it's yeah. three days. So when I was yeah. in Chicago, you just jump in and out of stuff. But can I tell you, why do we want to leave this paradise in which yeah. we live? Well, and from California, you know, my destinations are generally international. So for right, me, it's true. not a problem. And you go to LAX. But friends don't yeah. let friends go to LAX. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've learned that. John well, Wayne Airport. Yeah, and my wife, she's got it down. So she's in England right now. Is she's she really coming nice? home via London, San Francisco, Orange County. To John Wayne. That's the way you want yeah, to go. Because LAX, for those, I think this radio program airs outside of the Southern California basin or whatever they call it. Oh, no, uh, no. It's, it's primary. We're it's broadcasting right into LAX. But, but just so, I thought we were on other stations as well. Just SoCal. Yes. So, so should we say? Oh, we're, yeah, no, we're, we're on other stations. Yeah, you're on other stations. Across the country, country yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but for those in SoCal, just don't go to LA. Just <laughs> Everybody at SoCal yeah. knows that. Exactly, that's true. Yeah. But sometimes, like, like I'm going, I'm looking, oh, LAX, that's a good flight. I'm yeah, like, I no, know. don't do it. I know yeah. my daughter's here from New York, and she's flying home tomorrow night out of LAX. And it's like, dang, how come you didn't do OC? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, OC's great, and Long Beach is one of the best. Oh, I, think Long Beach. I mean, at Long Beach, they say, hey, do you want to go on our airplane? We go, okay, sure. No, it's yeah. wild. <laughs> I, went, I right flew, on. there's a direct flight from Nashville to Long Beach. Yeah. I was coming back from something in Nashville. Oh, the Iwana. I was doing the Iwana National Meeting. Some of you have Iwana in your churches, and you fly into Long Beach, and it's like you get off the plane, yeah. and you're outside. And you know, there's your to, car. They used to have a great direct to JFK from Long Beach. Really? They, nice. Jet Blue. JetBlue. Sorry, we're like, yeah. should we get like a sponsor of JetBlue? <laughs> okay, we All right. This okay, has been Travels you. with Brian and Ed. Yeah, you Thank go. you for That's joining true. us. You're going to make that the show. <laughs> Let's talk to Monica. Yeah. All right. And Monica called in on 888-564-6173. Monica in Santa Ana. Monica, thank you for your patience. And uh, how can we help you today? Hi, pastors. How are you? 
Good. Hello. Thank you. How are you? Oh, okay. I'm past good. I go to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. Pastor Brodison, you're my pastor. You're well. That's... I just want to give you a compliment, just to let you know that um, it's going to make me cry. That every study that I do, from back to the basics, yeah, I learned so much from you. Oh, that's and great. I'm able to like answer questions and stuff right now. But like, my question is right now. Um, mm-hmm. Um, it's too, it's personal. Like, yeah. I don't know if you heard what happened with Saddleback Church, mm-hmm. with that one pastor. Yeah. Um, you know, um, he got arrested for the molestation of some boys. Mm-hmm. And my question is, is I'm, I'm, I'm praying really hard for my family, my son, and my daughter-in-law, and especially my granddaughter, you know? And yes. I, I wish I could lead them to church, and I pray, but they're non-believers, they... I I try to plant the seed, you know, I'll go to the house and I'll play worship songs and me and my granddaughter are dancing and my, right away my son will come out and he's like, is that a Christian song? <laughs> he's all, turn it off, please, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I've been praying so hard. Now, when they see stuff like this on TV, how it, it kind of like, it, I'm like, he asks me questions and I'm like, yeah. you know, um, you know, the Lord will... Mm-hmm. You know, obviously forgive, you know, this person for doing such a, such a hideous crime, you know? Yes. And, and it's like, um, how do I get them now mm. to go to church, yeah. you know, because they, you know, my, I have a granddaughter and, you know, you figure like you, you leave them in the hands of, mm-hmm. you know, um, when they have um, daycare and stuff like that. It's like, mm. yeah, you know, do they're you know, they question all that. And so sure. I, I get stuck yeah. in answering questions, yeah. you know? Yeah, and this, this and, is a very, um, very like, and, difficult. You know, like when you're in the book of Jonah and um, Habakkuk, you know, I'm, in, I'm doing my studies, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> back to the basics. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like the way they feel, I feel angry. Sure. Um, not angry at the Lord, but like Jonah kind of. Yeah. Habakkuk, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, you know. Yeah, and understandably they should they should be. Ed Ed knows a little bit more about this than I do. Well, I just saw it on the it was on the uh in the Orange County Register and so a couple things just for context. Um this is a uh, former Saddleback youth pastor and this goes back um I think it was uh, again I don't I don't remember all the specific details, but I if I recall it was arrested about uh 5 years ago and then another person's come forward. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's why it's the the it's not a it's not something that happened yesterday, but the the, the the it was about five years ago, which doesn't at all diminish the seriousness or yeah. the importance of this situation. Yeah. Um, and but you know we we're, we're we're seeing this, and we see here's one of the things we know we we know that uh, predatory people prey on churches because they're vulnerable targets, yeah. and so. Uh, this is why one of the things that for your church and my church does, your our churches do, and, and everyone's listening, their church should do, is have systems in place for protection yeah. and uh, and more, and then process in place when survivors come forward yeah. as as well. So um, so this is uh, you know, and but but I think our question is is the bigger question of, yeah. I mean, because if you've just followed the news for the last ten years, you saw. You know, the Catholic Church uh, scandal, the uh, uh, sexual abuse scandal, 
and uh, and maybe we should even say a trigger warning for people who may you know be survivors as well. And then uh, the Southern Baptist Convention was on the front page of a whole lot of newspapers as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, individual churches end up and and again. This is where the first step is prevention, and then how do we respond yeah. well when survivors come forward? And in this case, this is a uh, this is a legal case. I didn't read anything about uh, you know how I, I think you know where right now we were very thankful for Andy Wood and 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 leading there at Pastor Saddleback and more. So I don't know other than the detail yeah. I saw that this was a legal case that is resurfaced. But her question is important: is you know how do we talk about the brokenness? of the yeah. world and the prevalence of sin and predatory sin in this yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that you said, Ed, we, you know, we do everything in our power to prevent those things sure. from happening. You know, nobody can serve here without going through a pretty rigorous background checks of, you know, fingerprinting, all of these kinds of things. We want to know people's history. We want to know if they've got anything in their history that might, um, lend to them, you know, doing doing something like this. Uh, at some point, though, obviously, you, you can't prevent these things. You know, you can do all the—you you can take all the precautions and you can pray. But I think going back to the bigger question of the situation with your kids, I think the first thing is just to agree with them that this is horrible. This yeah. is absolutely horrible. So important. And the fact that this is so contrary to— Everything that Jesus stood for, everything he taught, everything he taught his followers to do. So this is this is completely inconsistent with a a Christian's life, their faith, their walk. So um, nobody's given the guy a pass and saying, "Well, you know, it, it's no that it's it's wrong." Right, and, and, it's, and uh, it's probably important for your kids to know that. I mean, this would just be. Uh, every Christian church, every yeah. appropriate Christian church. I mean, there might be some, there are certainly some who have failed and not dealt well with yeah. these things. But mm-hmm. the first response would be just the to stand with the survivors, yeah. the, then to, you know, be clear about the sinfulness and the yeah. crime and more. Yeah. Um, but we do recognize that there's, there is, I mean, this yeah. world has bad it, people. It's a, it's a sinful world. I was listening to a, uh, a friend of um, Yours today, Ed, uh, Esau McCauley. Esau, sure. And he was talking about, he's talking in the context of kind of history and slavery. He's mm-hmm. an African-American theologian. Yeah. New and Testament scholar. Yeah. He's, he was talking about how when you look at American history, you know, you see, you see human, um, you know, people are made in the image of God. So you see these glorious things that, that come from that reality that were created in the image of God. But we're also broken. So then you see a whole nother aspect of history that demonstrates the brokenness of human beings who have been broken by sin. And so this is just the reality of life. You know, there's, there's wonderful things about people and there are horrible things about people because we're sinners. Um, the hard thing in a situation like this is here's a person who is in Christian leadership and they are doing horrible right. things, and that's what pastor. makes it yeah. very difficult. So. And, and rightfully so. We we yeah. are repulsed by that because yeah. we know that that's yeah. – uh, I mean, it's wrong, but now it's like there's there's an abuse of power that's yeah. there as well. And there's – you know, Dine Langberg writes about this uh, as well. There are several authors that kind of help people to think about the power dynamics uh, of this. and and But but I get at the end of the day, I, I disagree with Brian just to say to them, um, yeah, this it is wrong. It is terrible. 
And there have been, and Christians have done, you know, one of the things are, we mentioned John Dixon earlier coming to yeah. the Calvary Global Network Conference. He just said, we can just acknowledge, he has a book called Sinners and Saints. Saints, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's what it's called. Bully. Bull- uh, I forget what the exact title is, but yeah, uh, now but, we're going to look because that's what we do here is we have the internet now. <laughs> bullies um, and saints. Bullies and saints, yeah. right. So The you know, good and the bad in Christian right. history. And what he said is, he says, an honest look at the good and evil of Christian history. He said that like Christians have been on the wrong side and the right side of almost everything. <laughs> and there have been Christians who have done really terrible things. People yeah. identify themselves as Christians on really terrible things. And then there were Christians really work hard to right the wrong of some of those terrible things as well. Yeah. And so I don't want to pretend that these yeah. terrible things don't happen. They do. And, and, they and I would say too, Monica, that don't think that this is the, the make or break moment with your kids. Just keep being who you are. Just keep praying. loving. Keep praying. And, you know, people... If if it wasn't this, it would be something else. People are looking to right. kind of avoid God. You know, it's it's something that's in in our sinful human nature, and so yeah. But just through your faithfulness, they they see your life. Yeah. They know who you are, and your life in the end, as you follow Jesus, will speak louder than the the foibles and the sins of other people. So. Just be patient. Yeah, because I, I, I've overcame um, <laughs> over 18 years of um, drug addiction, and mm-hmm. um, my life just yeah. came about, you know, just my testimony is just, you know, mm-hmm. going and, through that. The Lord um, put me in a, in a place, put a roof over my head, yeah. fed me, and blessed me with two jobs, not just one, but two. Yeah. Have- and that stuff speaks loudly to people, even though they don't say it, even though they might pretend like it isn't affecting them it it does and with them there's a timing with people too and you know so just be patient keep keep following jesus yourself and just uh the opportunities that come along share what you can and then uh, leave the rest in the lord's hands all right. Thank you so much, Monica, for calling in today to Pastor's Perspective. Brian Broderson, Ed Stetzer are answering your questions today. Uh, the number to call is 888-564-6173. If you're watching online, you can see it there on the bottom of your screen. If you are streaming uh, the uh, program live today on our flagship station website at kwave.com or on YouTube or Facebook. And now let's go back to the phones. Christine, uh, calling from California, kind of going back to our uh, evangelism topic from earlier. And uh, Christine, you had something that you wanted to add as well. Hi, welcome, Christine. Hi, thank you. I just want to see if I'm doing the right thing. The girl that called in about her brother, I I have the same issue. And I'm constantly telling my brother first, I pray for him constantly, and I do tell him I cannot, I'm not the one to help you. I could pray for you. I could take you to celebrate recovery. I could read the Bible with you. But you have to accept Jesus into your life and let him uh, take this pain away. And, and he talks about vengeance. And I say, vengeance is for the Lord. He doesn't want you to dwell on the past. He wants you to accept him into your life. And I just tell him the same thing over and over because I don't know what else to say. And so I just want to make sure I'm just doing the right thing by telling him that and telling him that I do pray for him. And I do because I want, I mean, we've all in our family have been through this. And I guess it was the right day to call because it is just out there. We it, it's we just got to pray for the world. And and I don't know what else to tell him. So I just want to make, and, I, and he, sometimes he tries to, argue with me that no that he doesn't need god that he needs vengeance and 
on his own, and, and I, I just tell him the same thing over. So I just want to make sure I'm telling him the right thing. Ed? Yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, you know, bitterness becomes a, an anger, becomes a prison. And, um, you know, we don't, again, we don't know all the details. So much, so much of the challenge in call-in radio is that you don't know all the details and, yeah. and you do very well. You still just speak into that. And, yeah. and, um, but, but, but I, but I would say that, um, you know, there's this, there's this parable in the new Testament that someone who forgave a debt and someone who didn't forgive, forgive a debt and the person who didn't forgive a debt was then, you know, then actually punished for by, by the person to whom that person owed a debt. And, and, and there's this reference to the torturers. And I, I think people can torture themselves in a cycle of anger and bitterness that is, uh, can become overwhelming. Now, again, I think we can say, and we write, we, we want justice. And, and by the way, you, I think our caller before said that someone could be forgiven of something. Yes, but justice still, still needs to be had and done. Um, so for me, when I share the gospel with somebody, what I'm, uh, what I'm trying to do is to um, help them see, and sometimes it's it's very much a temporal issue for them. You know, you know, maybe fifty years ago, people, I mean, people often started evangelism with eternal life, mm-hmm. and today it's it's sometimes like I want you to have like real life and forgiveness and grace and peace that passes all understanding, and right now and eternal life. So it's not the exclusion of one to the other. But so for me, uh, I really think that uh, what I, my advice would be to Christine is to stay um, in the relationship with your brother to, um, to, to be patient and acknowledge that he may not share currently your beliefs or your values. He may have questions and try to answer those questions, but try to also just be a brother. Uh, I mean, so a sister in your case, right? Just be a, a, a sister to your brother. And then uh, as the Lord opens the doors, because uh, sometimes, you know, I, I got to tell you, and I, I can't share the example uh, on the air. I, I don't think I told you yet, but I'll tell you off the air. Like, I've been sharing the gospel with somebody in my family that I love very much for for uh, as long as I've been a Christian, like decades, like 40, 40 plus years. And uh, and it was this week we had a spiritual breakthrough. Mm. So <laughs> you just don't know. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is, I think, his confidence in in our longstanding, Donna and my longstanding just commitment to the Lord and even in some of the struggles we've had with parenting and just start clinging to the Lord. And and so this week, 40 plus years, there's a spiritual movement in his life. And it's like, Lord, you just don't know. Yeah. And thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Yeah, that, that's so true. I was before you said that I was I was thinking the same thing. Um, I think we do have a tendency to want to see and understandably we want to see everything kind of like move along quickly you know we want to see people like (laughs) hear the gospel and say yes i want that i want to follow jesus and sometimes that does happen but more times than not it is people are on a journey and god is he's amazingly patient i just listened to this testimony a couple days ago ed that was unbelievable and it was like a 25 year journey where God is just bringing this guy. He's a well-known novelist. He's, you know, an extraordinary person. He's Jewish background. And, you know, after like 25 years of just literally the Lord himself kind of working in this guy's life, bringing him out of insanity, um, bringing him through all of these different circumstances in life, suddenly one day he's confronted in his own mind with you need to get baptized and he's like 
Wow. Whoa. Wait a minute. I, I don't know if I'm up for that. You know, I'm Jewish, <laughs> and well, what's it going to look like? And all of this stuff. Well, anyway, he com- he comes to faith. But but it's I, I keep hearing more and more of these stories where it's a long journey, and God's walking people, yep. in, kind of like a C.S. Lewis story, yeah. you know? Yeah. Where God's, he's bringing them along. So all that to say, don't be discouraged, and don't and also don't feel i know a lot of people feel like a failure because gee i've been praying for this person and they never got saved right. i've witnessed to them and they never got saved what's the matter with me maybe i don't know how to do it right you know what listen this is a god thing and so you there's a point where yeah we have our part we do what we can there's a point where you just have to leave it in god's hands mm-hmm. all right does that does that help christine Actually, it does. And if I could just throw one more thing in there, I actually just got through some things myself. I I listen to K-Wave on Sunday. I listen to it almost every day. But on Sunday, I definitely do the service with you, Brian, Pastor, uh, Pastor Brian. And I actually had been praying about it, just, just really praying about it to help me let go of, of the pain and the hurts of the things that I went through. And I finally... I think the Lord answered my prayer because I went to your Sunday night service and I hadn't been to church in 20 years. Oh, my goodness. This is, you, she must have come for the Luke thing. Yeah. We yeah. talked about that last week, and yeah. now she came for the Luke thing. That's a great Well, Christine, that story. is yes. fabulous. That is so good. And I'm so glad to hear that. And I will hopefully see you on Sunday night and even come up and say hi so we can meet. Sunday night at 6 o'clock. All right. All right, Christine, thanks for calling. Again, yeah, Sunday night at 6 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall, mm-hmm. ba- the Back to Basics study. Yeah, and, Back to uh, Basics Live, the Gospel of Luke. Man, it just went—everything that I hoped it would be, it's exactly what it was. Yeah, so you were—we were—I was on the show last week, and you were talking about yeah, it, and yeah. it was kind of—that sounds exciting. I'm going to have to come over. And you know how sometimes you, yeah. you kind of just envision something like, like this is this is what mm-hmm. I want to see happen, and then you you actually walk into it, and that's what happens. And it I was love like, that. Lord, thank you. I love that. Did you start with like Luke one one? I mean, you're working through the book of Luke. Yeah, I mean, you know what I did? I did an I did an introduction. I realized that so much happens between Malachi and the beginning of the ah, Gospels. The intertestamental I went back period. To the intertestamental period. See, and, well, and done. kind of just walked everybody through. And but God that. was silent for all that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, or sort of. In some ways, he's he at work, was, but he was at work. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. Did you talk about the Maccabees? I love the Maccabees. Oh yeah, I love the, about the Maccabees. Sorry. Yeah, I talked about the Hasmoneans. Nice. Can't go wrong with that. Talk. We talk about Hasmoneans. Yeah. Okay, we got Phil, time we for got one last question. There, didn't we? Yes, one sorry. last okay. question. That's okay. Um, and I uh, want to welcome Solomon. Welcome to Pastor's Perspective. You have a question about what is your question? It's about. Uh... Can, can you hear me? Yes, go right ahead. What is your question? Okay. Uh, I just wanted to ask you um, there's a scripture that says, in this world or this life, do not expect justice. And I just wanted to hear you. Uh, what you thought that man. In this world, do not expect I don't justice. Know that verse. <laughs> I don't know that that's um, okay. So let's just say that we don't recognize that verse, Solomon. And no worries, but there is a sense that people kind of there's a quote that says, "Never expect justice in the world." That's not part of God's plan. Uh, and what I would say is, I, I think um, I, I think that's that's you're not going to have ultimate justice in this world. 
you know, ultimately, there there will come a time when uh, when the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and King. We enter into the millennial reign, and during that time, we'll see this transformation, and what was wrong will be made right. Every tear will be dried. Uh, but maybe maybe that's part of what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, there there is no. I think it's it is a reality that we will not see ultimate justice. Um, but there's not a passage that says it, uh, because so many other passages, like you're alluding to, Ed, with the millennium, yeah. we will see justice. Yeah. Jesus will yeah. come, and he will rule with equity. Yep. He will rule in righteousness. And we should and work for justice here until we that should time. until that time, but we we won't see it completely realized until the Lord comes. And there is the, that pesky music sneaking in here, letting us yes, know that— uh, telling us we— We've run out of time for today for Pastor's Perspective. Thank you, Ed Stetzer. Thank you, Pastor Brian Broderson. And if you would like more information about the CGN International Conference happening June 23rd through the 26th, again, that's uh, conference.calvarychapel.com. Do check that out. And join us again Monday. We'll be live once again right here on Pastor's Perspective. I'm Phil Ross, um, and I want to remind you that uh, Pastor's Perspective is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. We will see you next time. Equipping the saints with sound biblical instruction. This is K-Wave 107.9.